You're listening to Data Unlocked, driving better marketing with better data. We're interviewing marketing leaders to discuss how they're using customer data to bring more deeply personalized experiences to market. This podcast is sponsored by Simon Data. We help marketers unlock their customer data to deliver a better customer experience at scale. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Data Unlocked podcast. In this podcast, we explore the ways in which data drives creativity and innovation for marketers, and we explore that with the best and the brightest in the industry. My name is Jason Davis, founder and CEO of Simon Data, a growth platform driving smarter marketing for brands like JetBlue, TripAdvisor, Equinox, and BarkBox. I'm excited to have our guest, Rajesh Midha, on our podcast here today. Rajesh currently serves as CEO of Bottle Rocket, which is part of Ogilvy, and he additionally serves as president of Ogilvy Experience. Welcome, Rajesh, and thanks for joining us. Hi, Jason. It's great to be here. Thank you. Maybe you can sort of talk us a bit about your background and how you came to Bottle Rocket and, and really the mission of Bottle Rocket as it is today. Awesome. So Bottle Rocket is an experienced consultancy, and we really think about how brands and businesses can drive impact for their customers, for the different business KPIs that they're trying to move forward for their brand through digital experience. And more and more, what we're finding is that it's not just digital experience. It's really this idea of digital and physical experience coming together as total experience. And so we are really focused on how do we delight customers and drive business growth by marrying together everything that encompasses the world of experience. In addition to serving as CEO of Bottle Rocket, I'm also the president of Ogilvy Experience. For those that don't know, Ogilvy is a very large global agency that is focused on making an impact for brands in the world through creativity and through experience and other different disciplines that we bring to the table. And so we are also today thinking about how does creativity, brand, and experience come together to really drive growth for businesses. Great. Well, thanks for that, Rajesh. For our listeners today, Rajesh and I were catching up the other day. You know, Bottle Rocket has been a longtime partner of Simon Data, and we were just talking about the data that drives customer experiences. And really, the big question for today's episode is the following. How is it that so many organizations are data-rich? Uh, you know, yet at the same time, you know, marketing counterparts and, and business teams are still starved for data. So, Rajesh, maybe a first question around this is, why don't we start on the data side of things? And before we talk about the challenges around leveraging data to drive great experiences, maybe we can just talk about some of the trends you're seeing around data across some of your customers in the market more broadly. Yeah, great. So I think more and more people that we are working with are really asking themselves the question of, how can I use data to drive insights? How can I have data as a leading indicator of success for the business? Um, And then other questions such as, how can I make sure that my data is from a governance and security perspective secure? And then from an organizational perspective, available to people in the context of the decisions that they need to make. So one framework to really think about here is the life cycle of data and how we put insights at the heart of it. Two, everything around technology, security, and governance. And three, data in the framework of people, process, and organizational structure. Some of the trends that we're seeing here are all around using a North Star metric 
to help have actionable data for different business teams. And more and more people are realizing that there is a gap between the data that they're collecting and the data that they're acting on. Yeah, 100%. And maybe, not to put you on the spot, Rajesh, but can you think of an example of a customer or really just a time when you've sort of seen that gap between data that might really seem interesting, but may not be all that actionable? Yeah, let me think about that. I think that one of the things that we think about a lot is as a brand, there is some sort of consider it a buy flow or an experience funnel where we're going from awareness to acquisition to consideration to engaged customer. And then once we are an engaged customer, how do we think about keeping that engaged customer over a period of time and increasing our share of wallet and ideally moving that engaged customer to a loyal customer or maybe even an advocate for the brand that is then further fueling top of the funnel awareness and acquisition. So as we think about all brands have some sort of funnel like that, and I'm going to use a healthcare example. One of the things that we're seeing as a trend in healthcare is that many health systems today, and we work with a variety of them, are looking at that patient engagement model and saying, wow, we have a relationship with this patient and they're coming to us when they have to see their annual visit, but we're missing them on urgent care. And we're seeing that the urgent care market is getting a lot more competitive with retailers like Walmart going into having services available right within the Walmart store to even Walgreens Boots experimenting with healthcare services. And so if you're a health system, the kinds of questions you want to think about here are, how are we acting on the data we have to drive more engagement with the patient population we serve? For example, can we look at the data and say, hey, and send a push notification. Hey, we noticed you missed your flu shot. Do you want us to send someone over to your house to deliver it for you? If we can somehow find a way of understanding and acting on the data we have in the context of something that's useful for that patient or customer, that's an example of the vision we're trying to set, but also the gap that's there today. Yeah, it's a great point because... As a data scientist by trade, when I hear this example, I think of a database that has things like flu shots administered, times and whatnot. And to your point, Rajesh, really the value comes in identifying folks who missed their shot. And this, you know, require other data upstream, you know, in terms of who is scheduled for one, who took one last year but didn't take one this year. But oftentimes it's these kinds of gaps where the data can really drive value, but either isn't properly normalized, isn't properly collected. And furthermore, the end application, if it's not considered, first and foremost, then the the required data elements to affect that kind of use case just won't be there. Yeah. And I'll build on that a little bit and say that I think that there's a maturity level in some of that. So as a data scientist, you'll appreciate that there's this idea of all the data we collected and the insights we can glean from it. But then there's also this idea of like, how can we kind of find these populations and sort of then write these predictive algorithms. So one is sort of like reactive and we're identifying the gaps based off kind of what we know should be, right? Like you should have your annual flu shot. But then the other side of it is, could we predict that you're going to miss your flu shot, right? Like you have the characteristics of somebody who misses their flu shot. And then if we can predict that, what kind of intervention can we set? Yeah. On the other side, you need to make sure you have the table stakes in place first. uh, (laughs) And then the predictive machine learning can come second. 
maybe we can transition for a few minutes around data tooling. When we spoke the other day, you were joking that it feels like every single data application or even margin tool for that matter has some sort of experimentation capability, yet it's not clear how things tie together. And that execs have so many dashboards for everything, yet there still sort of seems to feel uh, a lack of a, of a singular source of truth or actionable point of insights. Maybe you can talk for a few minutes around some of these challenges around what we call internally is data disaggregation and maybe what markets and leaders might feel as just general confusion around data today. Yeah, I mean, I think there's no shortage of data that's available. The question is, is that data in a place where it can be actionable for people who can have some sort of impact? I guess some of the things that we're seeing today is that a large part of helping an organization move forward is making some decisions around how we as an organization are going to utilize data at different team levels. And so it's one thing to have it. It's another thing to have it in context, but then you need to have those rules of the road in place for the leadership team and for the teams that roll up to that leadership team. And I think that people often think about data strategy without thinking about the change management that goes in play with building the process in the organization for acting on that data. So I do think having that as a base layer, the partnership across the organization, that these are the metrics that we're focused on, these are the dashboards that we are going to look at, and these are the indicators that we are going to use as the leading indicators of success. That becomes the baseline for then being able to do more strategic work around data. One thing I'd add to this is I actually have a data lecture that I've been giving for about the last eight years, giving it to NYU and Cornell and to other groups of entrepreneurs and CEOs. And one of the key concepts that I like to go through is how to think about data reporting insights tooling. And there's sort of an organizational design decision that has to be made relative to what I call full-service analytical support versus self-service analytical support. And as an organization matures and as your data strategy matures, your self-service support for tooling can become more of the focal point for your data strategy. Your definitions for your data are clear across the organization. You have better consistency across your OKRs and your key metrics, and you just have that organizational maturity. But the fact of the matter is very, very few businesses at any scale are really there. So what I generally advise CEOs and folks in leadership and certainly folks on the data side as well is to really think through that trade-off and really over-invest in the support aspect of what it takes to make an organization fully data-driven. If you have data that's changing quickly, if you have a product that is under rapid iteration, if you have a data warehouse that's undergoing a migration, really making sure and just being realistic with yourself the data you know, has ambiguity at times or corner cases, the definitions are changing, making sure that the context that's required to fully understand the data goes and can actually drive business value for the end stakeholders is critical. Yeah. And one of the things that I will compliment Simon Data on is that, you know, I'll say it a little differently, data and tools, commodities, access, commodity. But what I think is really powerful about some of the things that I see from Simon Data and getting to work with Simon Data is that when you put together the tools with the workflows, then you can drive that impact. And I think that the solutions that I've worked with from Simon Data are very cognizant to the fact that it's really about the data, the tool, the access, and the workflows. How are leading brands using data to bring more deeply personalized experiences to market? Find out on Data Unlocked, driving better marketing with better data. You can listen to more episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. 
This podcast is sponsored by Simon Data. We help marketers unlock their customer data to deliver a better customer experience at scale. 100%. And I think speaking for our experiences working with Bottle Rocket, the tools are only as good as the organization and the processes they sit on top of. And I think for our joint customers today, when I look at what great process looks like and what great organization and the proper organizational structure, with the proper organizational structures in place to make the tools effective, it really just works a lot better. Awesome. Yeah, concur. And I think one of the other really interesting things that I'm seeing around data is this idea of using the data to figure out who our best customers are. Like I'm obsessed with this idea of like helping brands, helping businesses to identify like, who are your best customers? What do they do when they're here? How do they find you? When they're here, what kind of patterns do they make uh, across the landscape of your ecosystem? And then really thinking about, oh, great, with these insights, how do we get more of them? How do we get more of them to engage at a higher rate? Where is that funnel drop-off in terms of their engagement? Why does it manifest itself like that? I think that what happens when we have this layer of the data in context to the business, the data in context to the workflows, is we can start asking ourselves some of these really exciting questions. Yeah, and I think it's really a great point. A good friend of mine is an operating partner at a large established PE firm. And he says a big part of their strategy is as they go and start working with their e-commerce partners, you guys helping them understand like what are your good customers and who are your bad customers. His point being is like, look, if you think a customer is someone who bought one from you on a discount, you're wrong. In fact, he just has a set of rules that he applies across every single of his portfolio companies. And you know, certainly, you know, Simon Data and partners like Bottle Rocket, you know, can sort of help with the process, but effectively it redefines the notion of who your customers even are. Someone who bought once from you during a holiday season, you should really ask, like, have you engaged them as customers? Certainly someone who's bought three, four times, that's a different story. But even just the basics around core definitions and what that looks like and, and some of the nuances of the behavior around they buy a discount, like what was the actual size of their basket, et cetera. But all too often, the lack of a deep understanding of what drives the business, CEOs and leaders will just resort to vanity metrics and other things that aren't actually actionable to your point. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Great. So maybe we can sort of spend the next few minutes talking about really what it means to make data actionable and enabled. When it all works, what does this look like? You know, maybe talk about you know, stakeholders and processes and systems. You know, I know we've covered some of this over the last 10 or so minutes. Yeah, well, I think there is a huge amount of data that is not enabled for the functional need. So let's just use marketing as an example, right? I spent a lot of time there. So there is just several percentage points of data is enabled to be actionable by marketing teams. And so you're like, oh my gosh, we're collecting all this data, but we're not putting it into the hands in a way where people within our organization can take action on it and be successful. So I think when we think about different stakeholders, there's a big gap between what we've got and how actionable it is in terms of driving the business growth forward. Is that kind of where you want to go, Jason? Yeah, I think that's definitely good. I mean, I think maybe you can talk a bit about, a bit about organizational design and how important and what good alignment between marketing and data teams look like uh, and analytical support looks like. Yeah, I mean, I think 
One of the things we think about a lot is how do we matrix different competencies into squads to go out and solve problems because it's through that diversity of thought that we get the best solutions. And so when we think about a business challenge like driving growth or optimizing funnel conversion, or you used one just a minute ago around thinking about who our best customers are and how we define those best customers, what we want to do and what we do there is we actually put in experts from marketing perspective and experience design perspective, perhaps a product management perspective with experts around data. And then we try to use this idea of deep empathy for the problem that we're solving, whether that stakeholder is the customer or whether that stakeholder is perhaps an employee of the brand that needs to action on a solution. By the way, we can do this really, really quickly. This is not like, you know, we talk about design sprints and things like that, whether it's half a day or anything else. But it's the idea of bringing a few different disparate points of view together to go after whatever the challenge is. And then we think about, okay, great. Now you're melding together somebody who has a deep data perspective, but may not understand the functional marketing need. Okay, well, they're going to co-create solutions that are going to be a lot better. And ideally, you can have a technologist in there who's able to tell you what it can and can't do over what time period. So that's a little bit about how we do the organizational design around some of the solutions that we create. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And sort of getting back to the point I made previously around thinking about data and analytical support for the organization, this is sort of a form of an embedded service model. How do you really make sure that as business teams are trying to make decisions, trying to move quickly, trying to be data-driven every step, that they really have those counterparts available to help them throughout every single step of the process? I think one other thing that we're trying to do is really start with what is the strategy of the business and sort of ask ourselves, what are the leading indicators of success that that strategy is coming into effect? And then how do other sub-metrics ladder up to those leading indicators. And we might call that leading indicator a North Star metric. And then you might have a North Star metric that's like daily engaged users or daily engaged users who take a certain action. Well, underneath that, you might then have a few different breakdowns where there might be a a certain metric around acquisition or a certain metric around the type of activity they do within a store or within a website, right? Some activity around, did they invite a friend or did they share out about their experience after they completed whatever they were trying to do? We try to set that and say, wow, if we had something like that, wouldn't it be helpful? And then it becomes an easier decision to sort of be like, okay, how should we set it up? What other teams are impacted? Is our data instructed in a way that we can do that today? So sometimes it's helpful to always look from the bottom up, but it's also very important to have that sort of top-down perspective of what we are trying to achieve from a business standpoint. Yeah, 100%. An analogy I like to use is, let's say that we were operating a shopping mall. We had some hypotheses on why people were coming to the mall. And all we had access to was the security cameras. Well, if you didn't have a strong hypothesis, you could look at all sorts of information around what kind of cars do people drive? What time do they get to the mall? But if you want to ask, why are they coming to the mall? Then you probably want to break it down into, are they going to the food court first? Are they going into the bases? Are they going to the side entrance so they can go for a walk because they're retired and that's what they do all day long? And having an understanding of this really requires having the right view into the data in order to properly answer the question. 
Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. And I also love that uh, you've probably seen these comics around where it's like what the customer says they want and what the customer really, like what they say and what they do, you know? And why I think the field that you and I are in here is so interesting is because often there's a gap between what we say and then what we do. And I think with the right data infrastructure, it's possible to drive these insights based off of what people are actually doing. Yep, 100%. Maybe we can spend a few minutes extending around data enablement and ultimately when the strategy and the insights meet the execution, the data needs to be put into action. When you sort of look at, let's say, an email marketing manager or CRM director, someone who oversees the production that requires segmentation, personalization, omnichannel execution, all of which need to be informed and ultimately driven by data. What have you seen that works well and what are some of the challenges today? If I'm an operational marketer and I'm trying to drive engagement around perhaps some sort of uh, event we're having or perhaps uh, get people to interact and learn about a new product, what I'm looking for there is I'm asking myself questions like, okay, well, how do I understand the different segments of customers that exist? How do I test out different value propositions? How do I check not just the open rates, but also like what did they do when they actually went through to the site? And I'm also wanting an easy way of like integrating whatever I'm testing to the content creation side of it. So, you know, am I pulling things that are off the shelf or are there assets that have been created that I'm going to, how does my creation of whatever it is that I'm executing on integrated with the different pieces and parts that I need to make it? And then eventually, I also need to say, like, what were the results? Like, what were the segments that tested the best with the cadence of communication I used or the content that I used? Were were shorter headlines better? Was graphical nature of sharing information higher? And so as a marketer, I'm wanting to educate my internal stakeholders that these are the tools that I need to do my job effectively. I am trying to put in place a business case and show that like, hey, if we get a point or two points better engagement, our total revenue here is going to go up by this much. That is the business case that then gets us at a place where we can say, hey, look, and I and I need to work with Simon Data or a bottle rocket. And it's worth us investing because we have two points increase is very significant for brands. I mean, that's possible when we have the right integrated solution. So I think thinking about it in that kind of way of like telling the total story, making the business case, and also the importance of being able to demonstrate that we are on the right track with some of the results. I think that that's really important as an operational marketer. Yeah. And on the right track in particular, really the way I look at this broader set of problems is, is look, no one can come into a business and say exactly what's going to work and what's not. But the ability to test, measure, and iterate ultimately is what drives success. Yes, there's strategies that work better than others. There's insights that can be garnered. But until you try things out, you actually have no idea if it's 100% going to work. And speed, in some sense, is really what drives success and failure. Thank you, Rajesh, for coming on to the podcast today and sharing your wisdom with us. Really, when I reflect on, on our conversation today, it's really all about how do you make the most of your data? You know, how do you align around data strategically? How do you make sure that at all levels of the organization, from execs down to folks who only operation execution and, and make the data, 
drive the business outcomes? How do you ensure alignment across all of that? And then, of course, on the other dimensions, how do the people, process, and systems all come together? So with this, thank you again, Rajesh. And maybe if, if you can give our listeners a quick plug about how to learn more about Bottle Rocket. Thank you, Jason, for having me on. Please check out BottleRocketStudios.com and also check out OglevyExperience.com. We would love to hear from you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you for everyone listening to this episode of the Data Unlocked podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Simon Data, please visit us on the web at simondata.com or email us at hello at simondata. You've been listening to the Data Unlocked, driving better marketing with better data. You can listen to more episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Simon Data. We help marketers unlock their customer data to deliver a better customer experience at scale. 